Are you tired of spending hours listing cards for sale? Well, the ComC Marketplace is the easiest place to sell cards online. ComC will identify, scan, list, store, insure, package, and ship. Just send them the cards and they will take care of the rest. All you have to do is set the price. Visit ComC.com today to start selling your cards. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. We are now in the middle of June. We're about six weeks away from the start of the National, and plans are starting to take shape. I know that I will be in Rosemont up at the National from Wednesday through Friday of that week. Friday is my daughter's birthday, and so I will need to be coming back by that evening to celebrate her birthday. But I will be up there Wednesday through Friday. One of the other things that's starting to come into play is what I'll be doing at the ComC booth. And it sounds like at least a couple of those days, Wednesday through Friday, I will be at the ComC booth recording some live podcasts or we'll be kind of doing a live interview at the booth kind of talking with people they'll probably be playing that over their speaker system at the booth and then we'll be recording that for release at a future podcast episode and so that is something else that we're going to be doing we did that back in 2021 it was a lot of fun talked with several different people over the course of that week and we'll be doing that again here in 2023 still working on lining up who those guests will be that will be joining me but that is starting to come into shape and I'm starting to build my list of things that I want to track down when I go to the national this year so looking forward to that here in a little over a month and so that's been on my mind this week and one of the other things that's been on my mind is my continued love and pursuit of vintage sets and so I've been Through this big last collection I bought in the spring, there was several, um, three row boxes worth of vintage from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And so I've been spending my time as I process through that collection, building my starter sets, adding to the starter sets that I had already had. And one of the things that I was able to do is kind of fill that out even more. But it also brought me back to the enjoyment that I had in completing that 1960 top set that I've been talking about a little bit earlier this year. And so I put together a blog post about that, and I wanted to give some dedicated time here on the podcast to kind of recap the 1960 top set, talk a little bit about why I enjoy that set, and maybe you know, what my experience was of putting it together. So that's what I want to do with today's episode. We'll start it right after you hear from the sports card shop. Hi, this is Pat Hughes, Cubs announcer, coming to you from the sports card shop in beautiful New Buffalo, Michigan. The Gocher family has built an incredible place here for collectors to buy, sell, and trade cards and memorabilia. Be sure to stop by and let them show you around. TheSportsCardShop.com, connecting sports, athletes, the hobby, and collectors around the world. Once the smell of 60-year-old cardboard hits your nose, you can't forget it. Every time I open a monster box, catch a whiff of that glorious aroma, I say to myself, ah, vintage. 
Well, earlier this year, I finished off that 572-card monster that is the 1960 Topps baseball set. And throughout the process, I found myself surrounded by vintage cards, and my love of the golden age of cardboard, credit to Mike Moynihan, grew day by day. Now, for the second year in a row, the top set included 572 cards, and they were spread across seven series. And as with the other sets from that era, those high numbers are a bit more difficult to find, and they carry with them a higher price tag. The vast majority of the cards in this set have a horizontal orientation, but there are some multiplayer cards and some manager cards which are vertical. Normally, I don't like that. I'm usually a big fan of vertical only, but for whatever reason with this 1960 set, that doesn't really bother me too much. I kind of actually grew to like it. The cardstock on the back of the cards came in three different shades. Cream, gray, and white back span the seven series, and the fifth series actually contains all three in the same series. One of my favorite aspects of this set is the checklist. And that's because there's 58 cards of Hall of Famers that are found. It makes it a great set to capture the history of the game. You've got Mantle, Aaron, Mays, Clemente, and Banks. There are a few of my favorites from the set, but you also have rookie cards of Carl Yaskrimski and Willie McCovey. That's a solid addition to the, the rookie checklist of this set. There's also a good variety of you know, visual views, some visual variety with several different themed subsets within this, within the 572 cards. You've got World Series highlights. You've got combo cards. You've got Sport Magazine rookie stars, Topps All-Star rookies, team checklists, the managers that I was talking about earlier. You've got coaches cards and the quite pricey, high-numbered Sport Magazine All-Stars cards. That's a whole checklist full of All-Stars and legends that are all in the high number series and that makes for a pretty pricey high number series. Now, over the last few years, I had kind of methodically been going backwards in time, completing one set after another. I started with the mid-70s and then I moved into the low 70s, you know, as once you get to 1973, you start to run into high numbers that can slow things down, especially if you're collecting on a budget. And so I was working my way back through the early 70s, through the late 60s. Last year, I finished that 1967 set, but I didn't jump into 1966 quite yet. Why did I jump to 1960 for my next set? Well, that's because I started with the purchase of a big vintage lot of 1959 to 1963 cards. And I was fortunate to find about 400 of this 1960 checklist in the lot, and probably half or a little over of half of the high numbers were already in there. That is a huge advantage if you're going to start one of these late 50s, early 60s vintage sets. If you can knock out over half of the high numbers with a big bulk purchase, that means you're going to be starting that set in a pretty affordable manner. But I still needed to buy the Mantle, the Clemente, the Aaron, and the Yaz, and so my final spend still kind of added up. But with that huge starter set, that's one of the reasons that I went ahead and jumped back to 1960 and kind of bypassed those mid-60s. It's also led me, on a side note, to start the, the 59 set and the 61 set. And the 61 set, I'm down to about 25 cards or so. And so that is probably going to be the next one. And I'm going to have to come back to those mid-60s sets at a later date. I often get asked, where do I source my vintage singles when I'm filling out these sets? 
and I use a combination of Sportlots, ComC, and eBay for the purchases. And I guess you could say I also typically use these bulk collections that I buy to fill out my starter sets, as I talked about earlier in the episode. But once I'm really narrowing down into those final few cards, it's all split between Sportlots, ComC, and eBay. Now, I buy all of them raw, typically, except for, you know, those big names. And in this particular set, the 1960 set, I bought them all raw except for the Mantle, the Aaron, the Clemente, and the Yaz Rookie. So I've got all raw except for those four. I'm fairly cost conscious, so I compare the options across those three sites to determine which card I want to buy on which site. Another question that I get asked quite a bit is when you complete these vintage sets, what do you do with them? Are you a box guy? Are you a binder guy? What do you do with these vintage sets? I store them in binders. I love to see these cards. If I'm going to go through the effort to put these away, if I want to learn more about the history of the game, a binder is a great way to do that. I can pull out that binder. I can flip through page by page, look at those images, I can read the backs, learn more about the history of that player, learn more about the history of the game. It just makes it so much easier to enjoy those sets once you've put them together. So put me in that camp of being a binder guy for my vintage sets. There's a couple other things I love about collecting these vintage sets. When you get a vintage card, it's like owning a small piece of history. These are 63-year-old pieces of cardboard, and they've been passed on from collector to collector. They've created countless collecting stories from the hands that they've passed through. And with every crease and with every rounded corner, a new story was created. And when I look through those binders and I see one card being completely tattered and another one looks like it came fresh out of a pack and another one that just looks like it's got some writing on it where they crossed out the team when a player got traded. Each one of those different cards tells that story and I love to see it and kind of imagine where this card has been in its 63-year-old journey. Now, even though I never saw any of these players play, the cards are still meaningful to me because they represent the legends of the game. It's a way for me to connect to those legends today. We hear a lot about the future of the hobby and that kids in the future won't care about Ken Griffey Jr. or Derek Jeter or Michael Jordan because they never saw them play. Well, there's quite a few of us who still love to collect Aaron, Mantle, Maze, and Ruth, and many of us never saw them play. If we do our job in teaching the history of the game, future generations will still desire to own a piece of that history. I'd love to know what you think. Is that meaningful to you at all? Does that make any sense to you out there? Let me know in the comments below. Leave me an email at waxpackhero at gmail.com. Leave me a comment on Twitter at the Mike Summer. Reach out to me on Instagram or TikTok at waxpackhero. I'd love to know what you think about this. If you want to see each and every card that is in my 1960 set, you can either go to the blog post I put out at waxpackhero.com or you can go to the YouTube channel because in both of those locations, I put a video with me flipping through that binder showing each card in my 1960 set. And if you've never put together a vintage set, I want to encourage you to pick a year, pick a set, and start that process of putting it together. I think it's an experience that you might really enjoy. Well, that is all I have for today. I'll catch you next time.